0: 22 of New Orleans, CJ Gardner Johnson. Number 17 of Chicago, here's Miller. To Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN Podcast for FN fans of FN Sports Teams. Every episode we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Detroit fan, the man in the Michigan hat, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Chicago fan, Furious George. Furious What's going on today? Bears are down, the Chicago Bears made every play make a way for humility. The Bears are down, the Chicago Bears cannot win with Mitchell Trubisky. You'll never forget the jove on Juice Wing's big drop. You talk about aggression, now just stop. Bears are down, the Chicago Bears. I'll let you know why I'm wearing a frown. You're on the side and, oi, I'm so annoyed. The Chicago Bears are down. Beautiful. Thank you. That went really well. For <laughs> one take. take. Yeah, <laughs> One take only. That's right. No more takes needed. <laughs> First take. With Stephen nice. A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Should submit this to him and see if he could put it on the show. <laughs> Give us a shout out, Stephen and Max. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like Max. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of things we don't like, uh, we'll start with our vent sesh. Um, <clears throat> we talked about this a little bit after the playoff games, but my vent sesh is... Really, the whole state of Ohio. Um, some of it is just me being a fan of rival teams. Some of it's jealousy, I'll admit. Seeing Ohio State in the uh, the college football championship, seeing the Browns in the playoffs. Um, yeah, some of it's just me just not liking to the, see when they're successful. The but, Cavaliers winning a championship. Yeah, and then uh, Cleveland was in the championship the, the uh, recently. Yeah, or, yeah, the World Series. Who, so. did they, who did they lose the World Series to? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. The White Sox? No. Well, they're <laughs> in the same a league, so no. That's a good point. It was the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> That's And right. they actually relate to this conversation a little bit. Say so. those sweet words to me. <laughs> the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, Chicago <laughs> Cubs. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're actually relevant to this conversation because I think the Browns fans think that they're the Cubs of the NFL right now. Like, there's this perception where it seems like browns fans think that they can be the lovable losers um i don't know if you've seen that too or kind of get that oh yeah there's a lot of they're like so many people are like i think we're all browns fans tonight like why? no we're not (laughs) like or the whole why can't you just be happy for us we deserve this you know like okay there's certain teams where yeah like the cubs even not being a fan of the Cubs, I do think a lot of people wanted to see them uh, win that World Series uh, because not it's not enough that you just haven't been successful for a while. Uh, the team was likable. The fans weren't annoying. I mean, the only thing some people didn't like, that it seemed like there were a lot of bandwagon fans then. Okay, that's fair. Every Every but, team gets that when they get good, though. Exactly. That just comes with that but you don't have fans who are being just obnoxious on social media the same way that I see with the Browns um or even this year like the Bills. I mean Bills mafia, yeah, it's kind of stupid, but they're just being stupid and like injuring themselves, you know. <laughs> they're not doing the whole um I don't know. I it, maybe it's just me. Uh I definitely have a bigger hatred for Ohio sports than you do. Um so if you think it's just my own bias, let me know, but I just I think that Browns fans think that they're the the favorite son of the NFL and they just they find it impossible to believe that there could be people out there who don't want them to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, I I think that the Browns are more of America's team than the Cowboys. Well yeah at this point the Cowboys are not Um, even relevant to the conversation. So But when I look at like to be honest, I think there's more people on the Bills bandwagon this postseason than the Browns. I like, agree. I yeah. think there's more people... Josh nation, Allen gets a lot of hype, yeah. Yeah, there, and Stefan Diggs. Like, There's more people yeah. nationwide, I feel, that want to see the Bills in the Super Bowl than the Browns. And maybe that's because the Bills yeah. are objectively better. Maybe it's because the Bills are probably the biggest threat to the Chiefs at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that comes from exactly. It could also come from... I mean, the Bills have had a feudal history as well. Um, they've been in Super Bowls, but they've never won one. So... Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's. uh, I'm agreeing with you, in saying that a team that's in their own conference is, I think, more of America's team than the Browns are. Yeah, I agree. I, I just I feel like there's just less self awareness for the Browns. Like you have fans who, in one breath, will say we've been so bad for so long, just let us be happy. Why would you Why would you be upset that we're excited? And then in the next breath, we'll talk about uh will like talk down to teams that have clearly been way better more recently than them like and i'm not talking about just trash talking the steelers like i get that they're your rival a division rival you know it'd be like if the bears beat the packers i'm not going to say well look how much you've been dominated by them recently like you're going to enjoy that win and talk trash i'm just saying like the browns fans now who are trash talking the chiefs like are you serious you're <laughs> like have a little bit of like not that you shouldn't be excited and hope your team wins but you can't hold both roles of trash talk the chiefs and say we're going to beat you we're going to like all this stuff and then also when somebody calls you out on that say but we've been so bad for so long why can't you be happy like i i look i'm happy for browns fans that they got I'm a not, playoff man. win and mainly because look i I don't really like love the steelers I don't hate the steelers I don't love them i was rooting for them because i i bet them um Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out clearly um but like if there's any team in the afc that i would have been okay with the browns beating like and happy for Browns fans, it'd probably be like the patriots and the steelers and the colts and like i know you are i'm not as against the browns as you are but that's a lot of this but i agree with you i've seen a lot like I, I felt like I saw a lot of Browns fans like trash talking the Steelers going into the, this playoff game. Now, they did back it up, but they're trash talking them after going one and one against the Steelers and almost losing to the, all of the Steelers' backups. Right. Um so It's just it's just the inconsistency of yeah, do that and have that arrogance and like stick with that. Then when I they say like when I comment and say like anything criticizing them stick with the arrogance say well we'll prove you wrong you'll see don't immediately backpedal to well we're the browns like it, just the inconsistency with that like you want to talk trash but then when it comes to backing it up you immediately talk about like well why aren't you happy for me you know well spoor- it just comes off the wrong way to me um and a lot of it is just that i don't like ohio teams but yeah. well spoiler alert browns fans you're not gonna win the super bowl this year <laughs> nope not gonna win another game but yeah Yeah. so i guess enjoy being relevant to the conversation while you can i guess yeah well speaking of relevancy in the playoffs um so my my vent here you uh, you know not every now and then you'll have events where you're passionate about it so you'll write it down Mm -hmm. um i actually published an article for shoot your shot sports you can go check it out at shootyourshotsports.com i got posted today uh, and it's about it's it's my vent sesh. And I really just want to read this article because I wrote it mostly from the heart. And mm-hmm. that's where my vent comes from, too. So this is take this as the audiobook version of that article. If you're <laughs> if you're someone that's into uh, audible, not a sponsor, <laughs> um, you can always listen to this. Or if you're someone that needs to listen while you read, you can listen to this while you read the article. How Whatever you want to do, just give me those clicks. All right. <laughs> Here we go. We all expected the Bears to lose to the Saints, but sadly, and this is, is, I hate this, it seems almost as if the coaching staff expected that as well. I don't care who you are or what your experiences are, you play to win the game, and if you aren't going to put your players in a position to succeed or even have a legitimate chance, then go find a new profession. There are many Matt Nagy defenders out there, and I have teeter-tottered back and forth on the Nagy bandwagon as well as the quote-unquote true-true train of number 10. But after the performance of this game, it should be clearer to all the direction that this team needs to go. Hint, it has to deal with new players and personnel. The Nagy supporters like to point quickly to his record, as do the Trubisky Truthers. Yes, it's true. Nagy had a phenomenal inaugural season with the Bears, leading the team to surprisingly, to a surprising and overwhelmingly successful 12 and 4 record in 2018, including the uh, the Coach of the Year award. But since then, 16 and 17. After that, many like to point to Trubisky as the main cause of his failures, which undoubtedly is a part of it. But yes, with Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, Nagy would be a better coach. But so would every other person who has ever coached football before. My middle school basketball coach who incorrectly called me Carl for an entire season while yelling at my big bodied self to box out with his red face, red hair and red polo could be a good NFL head coach with Watson and Mahomes. Bill O'Brien wasn't a good coach, and he made a deep playoff run with Watson. Mike McCarthy was regularly heralded as a good coach for his team making the playoffs. Why? Because he had Rodgers. Having a franchise Hall of Fame level quarterback makes any coach look good. So, I I bring that up just because that whole argument about yeah, well he has Trubisky, so he's not mm-hmm. a good. That's why his scheme doesn't work. Well, then that means you're not a good coach to me because like. Yeah, if you had a better quarterback, of course, because that's how it works. But so I, I can kind of understand that argument, but there's reason against that. I mean, it seems like good coaches win despite bad quarterback play. Exactly. Like you look at the 49ers in the past couple years, you look at the Rams, like yeah, you're right. The biggest plus for Matt Nagy was player quote unquote buy in. Many around the NFL and within the Bears claimed that Nagy always had the attention of the players. He had their backs, and they liked him overall. Well, all that went flying out the door at around 7 p.m. Central time on Sunday evening. He was already taking a lot of heat for his handling of the quarterback position this season, but his seat got warmer with two embarrassing losses to the Packers and Saints in consecutive weeks. Trubisky didn't play the worst football of his career, but there were several instances of questionable personnel groupings on the field, including targets to DeAndre Carter and Demetrius Harris, a handoff to Ryan Nall, and most egregiously, selecting Javon Wims as the golden target of the day. On the Bears' second drive of the first quarter, Trubisky connected to Wims on a beautiful pass on the sideline to put the Bears just over midfield into Saints' territory that what followed then was a trick play, the likes of which hasn't graced our eyes since 2018. Everything about the play was perfect. It ran smoothly, moved the defense, bought time for Trubisky, who unloaded possibly the best pass of his career over the shoulder and into the chest of the waiting Javon Wims in the end zone. The ball hit the ground. Game over. I know it was only the first quarter, but come on. I know all of us were thinking it. You only get a beautiful on target throw from Trubisky every once in a blue moon, it would seem. Unfortunately, blue moons only last for one night, and Wims dropped it. Adam Hoag, who covers the Bears for NBC Sports Chicago and is a host for the Hogan Johns podcast, not a sponsor, noted that, his, that this will be a play that will never be forgotten. And he's right. It's right up there with the Kelvin Hayden pick six in Super Bowl 41, the Chris Conte blown coverage, and the Cody Parkey double doink. Now add the Javon Wims drop. All, as President Franklin Roosevelt said, will live on in infamy. The question is, will Nagy live on? It's hard to determine since arguments can be made for both sides, but the argument for parting ways with him is growing, and he did himself no favors. Other than the whims drop, what's most remembered in this game wasn't a play at all. Bears wide receiver Anthony Miller aggressively shoving or perhaps punching Saints defensive back C.J. Gardner-Johnson. This was a big deal immediately because Bears fans remembered to just a couple months ago when the aforementioned whims was ejected from the regular season game against the Saints and later suspended by the NFL for throwing haymakers at C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Just like Wims, Miller was disqualified from the contest on a day where the Bears were already down Darnell Mooney in their receiving core. What makes the story even more humiliating is that Matt Nagy shared in the post-game press conference that the entire team took 15 minutes out of practice on Wednesday to watch tape on Gardner-Johnson and explicitly ordered players to not fall into his trap. Miller himself alluded to this earlier in the week when he was asked about the defensive back and responded, Who? Fast forward to Sunday, and the Bears' next receiver on the depth chart after Mooney is ejected early for falling into the exact trap he was warned strongly to not fall into. It's so crazy of a story, and so blatant of disobedience, it sounds almost like a fable that Aesop himself penned millennia ago. Alas, it nonfiction, and the Bears lost the game in embarrassing fashion. And herein lies why Matt Nagy's time as the Bears head coach should be drawing to a close. If the biggest plus with Nagy is his ability to get his players to buy in, then how did Anthony Miller do the exact opposite he was explicitly warned against? Was it a single moment of blatant disobedience that will be brushed off as quote-unquote out of character, or was it the result of a culture problem starting to rear its ugly face? Back when Wims was ejected and suspended for engaging with Gardner Johnson, it was the NFL who exacted punishment on Wims, not the Bears. In fact, the Bears welcomed Wims back once he was available to return. He slotted right back in as the Bears' wide receiver four. He never even had to go down to the practice squad for a week. Instead of punishing the embarrassing and unacceptable act, the Bears allowed Wims to carry on business as usual. Now the repercussions have come full circle. By allowing whims on the team, Nagy stripped away all accountability. By allowing whims on the team, Miller noticed that it was acceptable for that behavior to go unpunished in the Bears organization, which we saw a result on Sunday. By allowing whims on the team, the Bears missed their greatest opportunity Sunday to stake a claim in that game against the Saints. By by allowing whims on the team, Matt Nagy, Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan Pace, and Ted Phillips could all be seeing their time come to an end in Chicago. So now we wait. And I'll be right here with follow-up news and articles in case any news, wait for it, drops. So that was my article that I wrote, and it's very strongly how I feel. Um, To give credit to where credit's due, uh, the Hogan Johns podcast was the first place I heard the take about this being traced all the way back to the whims punch back in week mm-hmm. nine or whatever um yeah. and when they brought that up and we're explaining it and me thinking about it it is remarkable how what seemingly like honestly that play when it happened with the saints i think a lot of people took it as a joke almost yeah it was like a meme you yeah know? yeah and now you're at the point where it it could lead to somebody's firing and I mean do you agree with me that like that's like when I say that it's an indictment on Matt Nagy's culture and player buy-in do you agree with me on that I think it's definitely I mean if it was just that by itself you would wonder like you can be a great coach and tell a guy over and over again but eventually still the passion in the moment maybe he does that um but yeah, I think it it becomes a bigger issue when you tie it back to the fact that he was even on the field to begin with, um, which the one thing, like you said, when it originally happened with Wims, like it was almost made fun of like a joke, but people did say like the people who gave serious takes on it, like you've got to cut the guy. Yep. Like, he, should, he shouldn't be on your team after this point. And I guess I even forgot about him after that. Like I never thought about whether he was on the team or not until... The Bears were short-staffed on receiver this week, and it's like, oh, yeah, that guy, he's still on the Bears. And, I mean, I didn't think of much of it at the time, but, yeah, like, the fact that he was still allowed to be on the team and wasn't cut immediately, um, I mean, we don't know the conversations that happened in the locker rooms and stuff like that. The conversation think, that happened was, like, Matt Nagy, his, that's why I brought up in the article the whole thing, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. out of character, because that was the thing he said about whims. Oh, that was yeah. really out of character for him. Look, I'm not saying that Wims is a thug. I'm not saying that Wims is a bad guy that's out looking for blood. But that is unacceptable on the football field. And if he's really as talented as he is, the minute you cut him, another team will pick him up. Well, spoiler alert, apparently he's not that talented if he's going to drop passes in critical moments in games. It's just a bad look overall. Like It clearly was mismanaged. When it happens the first time, Like that's your chance to make an example and make a statement to the rest of your team. Exactly. The fact that he was allowed to come back on the field and then not only came back in the field and had another incident but like dropped the ball you know it's just like well and part of it too and i didn't even bring this up in the article i haven't heard a podcast bring it up this might be a fresh take but part of it too that frustrates me is by you consistently going on these huge plays these huge yardage plays to Mm -hmm. whims it almost feels like naggy and the rest of the coaches even though they said don't get involved with gardner johnson it feels like they were s- themselves engaging in that fight by being like oh yeah well Wims fought you well now we're going to target whims on all of our big plays and yeah. maybe that's overblowing it maybe it was just because whims was fit the profile of receiver they needed most to execute those plays right. but miller is fast in his own right and mm-hmm. there was Riley Ridley that was active for the game, but never saw the field. Like yep. I don't, it, it yeah. felt, it felt a little bit almost like we're going to stick it to them. Yeah. Which like almost like you're almost like you're creating more confrontations or you're tr- like almost rewarding yep. whims in a way, you know? Yeah. Like, Cause the players exactly. look at reps as a reward. Like exactly. The, the whole thing is like, if you do well in practice, you get more reps. Like, getting reps and getting targets is a reward if you're and, a receiver and a so touchdown he, target i'm like if yeah. they if the bears would have made that play work that would have been even if the bears lost that game that would have been Oliver sports center and it it would have been the play that like you know Wims would have gotten a lot of star credit if he would have mm-hmm. caught that ball for that play and think about when you look at culture how are the other wide receivers who didn't get looks or didn't get time during the game how are they feeling now like it's easy to look back in hindsight, but these these other wide receivers who want reps, I I wonder if they're thinking, well, why is that guy getting reps when he dropped the ball on, like he dropped his biggest opportunity and has also caused this much drama and had issues with the coaches? Why is he getting yep. reps over me? And, and also, after Wims was suspended, again, by the NFL, not the Bears, when he mm. was suspended, he went on Twitter and he liked a whole bunch of different tweets of people that were saying things along the lines of, "Chicago's where wide receivers go to die." So yeah. now, not only has he embarrassed your team on the field, uh, and that was a three twenty five Fox game. That was, I think that was, mm-hmm. uh, I think that was Aikman and Bucks. So that was your nationally televised um, Fox afternoon game. You got right. embarrassed on national TV. Then you're getting embarrassed afterwards on social media by this guy and now you're giving him touchdown targets in the, your biggest game of the year which he then fails to capitalize on exactly it's just a terrible look all around yeah exactly and so this and and the, i didn't even bring this up either the other thing that uh hogan johns were talking about on their podcast was that that cole commit penalty um yeah which was total bs mm-hmm. um they said a lot of that could be attributed to the refs being on edge because the refs are aware of the background of these players, and if Wims was not active for this game, the refs may not have been on edge as much. But That's with true. him being active, they were making a lot of quick ju- like quick calls and determined that this play where Komet was innocently throwing a ball to a ref and laughing with the player from the opposing team turns into an unsportsmanlike, conduct penalty right and because the coach is having real issues with other players he's having to deal with he almost loses the right to argue with the refs at bad calls like that like yep. like you lose a little bit of that credibility or that uh you kind of i don't know it there's so many different factors of this um you wonder how much of the things we're seeing on the field have deeper issues in the locker room um and a lot of this is as a a coach seems like he might be towards the end of his time more stories start to come out um maybe things that were kind of swept under the rug or ignored at first so yeah it's it's a question of like how much do you read into things like this uh but there's definitely red flags oh um, for sure and more red flags than communist china <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> nice reference um nice yeah did you like my fdr reference yeah are you a history yeah, major a history podcast now too yeah um. Well, the Bears' season is history. That's for sure. There, and yeah. honestly, I know we have this as our notes. We've kind of been talking about it for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. Really, I don't. There's not even comments I have about the game. Um, the the result of the game kind of just reinforce. Like if you recall, last week I was criticizing Bears fans who were upset about a playoff game, mm-hmm. and I still think you shouldn't have been. I was pumped. I was. I was so, I had, I was so pumped. You know when your team has a big game? Mm -hmm. I was so. I mean, not really, but yeah. You you know, come on. You've had. (laughs) No, I know. I know. Okay. I was so pumped up and sitting on my parents' couch. I was like fidgety. I had like butterflies in my stomach. Like I was like ready to go. Um, Yeah. You're like nervous and scared, but excited and happy. It's just like, yeah, yeah, just on edge. Like you almost can't sit down. Like when you first meet a girl. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but so anyway i was i was pumped up for it but what i told yeah. people in last week's episode was well if you're somebody that's you know, you want to see the Bears succeed then this is a great opportunity if you're somebody that wants to see everybody fired it's another great opportunity and guess what yep you got the cynics got their wish because the bear look 21 to 9 does not sound like an egregious like, like that you lost by that much. First of all, it's embarrassing to score nine points in a playoff game. Yeah. Sec- and including, and six of those were on a touchdown with zeros on the clock in the fourth yeah. quarter. Second of all, yeah, I wasn't even that close. Yeah, it was 21-3. to three, And the yeah. worst part was you did not execute on opportunities you had. And everybody knows, like, look, the Bears are by far a worse team than the Saints. And in order to win the game, they had to play a near perfect game, which did mm-hmm. not happen. And it did not happen so much that every almost every opportunity they had, they failed on. Their best mm-hmm. opportunity, which was when they had an interception and were like immediately in the Saints red zone, was immediately canceled out by the Colt Komet on Sportsman conduct penalty that resulted then in a field goal as their only points in the game up until the dumb uh the dumb Jimmy Graham uh <laughs> Touchdown. Yeah. All that to say, I don't have any thoughts about this game. Like, the Bears, mm-hmm. like, look, the defense showed up considering that yeah. Roquan Smith was out, Jalen mm-hmm. Johnson was out, Buster Screen was out. The defense showed up. Manti Teo, not bad. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but the problem, Eddie Jackson was awful. Uh, The defense held their own for the most part, and anytime they did enough to keep you in the game for sure. If any defense that allows only twenty-one points in a playoff game, that's Mm -hmm. enough for you to win. Yep, and the Bears just could not execute. And the reason this is such an indictment on Matt Nagy, we all know we've known for. We've known since last season that Trubisky is not the answer. We've known that. And maybe I fought back against that. Maybe I'm not consistent in that. But for mm-hmm. the most part, if you look back at the big picture, hindsight's twenty we've known since 2019 season that Trubisky is not the answer. We've known that. The question was, what can Nagy do? And Nagy threw everything at the wall this year to try to get something to work with this offense. And mm-hmm. – yeah, they scored thirty plus points in uh, like a historical run for the Bears in that four in the four games in a row where they scored thirty points or more so first time since the sixties. Cool, great, wonderful. Well in the two games that mattered, the two games that you had to win, you totally crapped the bed. Mm-hmm. You totally crapped the bed. There is there was just nothing, nothing that you did. Like, you, wh- what did they score against the Packers? How many points was that? 15 or something? Mm, and they yeah. scored mm. three points against the Saints. Like, you. So, in two games, two must win games, you scored a total of 19 points, excluding the Jimmy Graham touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's, imp- it's incredible. Like, it's incredible. And yeah. Nagy is an <laughs> offensive minded coach, his offensive guru, quarterback whisperer. And I've. Not spoken much about Nagy on this podcast, I feel, but after these last two games, I just am done. Like, Mm. I don't want the Bears to have yearly turnover like teams like the Browns and the Lions have had, Mm -hmm. but it's time. Like, this is like, again, if you're only positive, as I've said a few times now, if the only positive for Nagy is that players like him and they buy in, and now your players are embarrassing you because they are going directly against something you told them and it can be tied back to a culture issue that you started earlier in the year by letting a guy off to snide because of it wasn't it was out of character for him. That's mm-hmm. that's on Matt Nagy. Yeah. And the only thing you can do that's worse than admitting you are wrong and cutting your losses is waiting even longer and end up, end up having to do the same thing. Like if you know, you know, and whether you need to rebuild or trying to retool and rework some things with a new coach, whatever the next step is for the bears, the worst thing you can do is continue to kick the can down the road and wait another year, two years, three years, and then decide to make a move. Uh, I mean, the same thing with Patricia for the Lions. Like, thankfully, they finally got rid of him this year. But everyone knew last year he wasn't the answer. And the year before that, like, you need to give a guy a a reasonable chance. But at a certain point, you know. Um, And so the worst thing you can do is continue to just put that decision off and uh, just accept mediocrity. Because then it just puts you that much further back when you finally do decide to make that change. Um, Yep. So, yeah, like you said, I think having the playoff game as that extra data point to analyze is a good thing. Like, it's easy for Bears fans to look back and say, see, this is why I didn't even want to make the playoffs. This is why we should have been upset we made the playoffs. Like, whether you don't like the current team or you do, whether you don't like the administration or you do, this game was a good thing. Um, Because it gives you that much more to analyze. So, Yeah. Oh, man. Well, you wanted to get into some other NFL games here, so let's transition from the Bears. At this point, I'm just waiting to see what changes are made. Mm -hmm. One quick interesting thing I'll note about the Bears is that last year, or apparently the past two years, there's been a scheduled press conference for, like, immediately following the last game of the season for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, and their scheduled press conference – that there was not a scheduled press conference with them released at this point. So many are speculating that Hmm. that is a result of George McCaskey trying to figure out what he wants to do with these, um, these front office members. Um, it could be that it could be weird things with COVID. I have no idea. I'm Hmm. not going to get my hopes up. Um, but anything that happens, I'll update you guys on next week's pod. Cool. Yeah. Something to watch. Um, Quick side note: Right now, we're at time of recording. We're recording during the Alabama Ohio State game. Who cares? Um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't care if Ohio State was winning, but um, Mac Jones, man, he just threw for his fifth touchdown. He's Jeez. at like 425 yards. So I missed my prop bet on our shoot your shot scorecast. But did you see Alabama's this... crazy? Did you see that uh, comp with Joe Burrow last year in the championship? Yeah, game? that's. If you actually watch the games, I'm not trying to take anything away from Mac Jones, but Burrow made several much more difficult throws. Like, Mac Jones, his receivers are so good, and the system is so good, he's throwing to wide-open guys yeah. almost constantly. So, it'll be interesting to see what he does in the NFL. I still think he's, like, a decent prospect, but Burrow, definitely more skilled when you watch the actual games. He had a lot more talent. But By the way, I'm guessing Sermon is out of the game. Because he still not has two yards. Wall. Yeah, I don't think he's been back. So I'm going to miss my prop bet, too. <laughs> By just a couple yards. Um, so we all three missed our prop bets. <laughs> and are are we going to miss the under? What's the score right now? It's 45-24, so we're already at... 69? 69. 69, nice. <laughs> what was the total? 75. Well, there's three or minutes was it left. 73. What was it? Seventy- oh, it was 75, you're right. Well, there's only two minutes left uh, in the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, <laughs> so, so it's looking up. Is what you hey, saying. we're going to get our Alabama pick right though, hopefully. So <laughs> Alabama minus eight or whatever. Uh, which, but anyway, which means, means Richie and I are going to finish the scorecast college football tied. Tied, yeah, you're right anyway unless sermon can come back in the fourth quarter and miraculously run for 80 yards yeah maybe he gets the ball on the 20 an 80 yard run can you imagine it'd <laughs> be crazy a walk-off win on our college picks for you that'd be amazing <laughs> nice oh man um, so other nfl games we talked Browns Steelers, yeah. we talked Bears saints uh what other games stuck out to you well let's stick with the afc the last game there ravens titans that was the one i was like there's only a couple games here that I thought was actually a matchup between two contenders. Like The other ones, it seemed like there was one contender and maybe it's team that could swing an upset, but Titans-Ravens were both teams that I thought were capable of making deep playoff runs. Uh, I thought the Titans were going to win the game, but I was impressed by the Ravens. Uh, I mean, their defense was really good, stopping Henry. Their defense has been good all year. Lamar Jackson still can be inconsistent at times, and I don't know. How much you're going to, I mean, he was an MVP. Like, I'm not taking anything away from him, but I just don't know that he's going to be the guy who can make that throw in that moment to win a Super Bowl. Um, but I mean, he's obviously talented. He's, it seems like he's the fastest guy on the field whenever he's out there. So, um, the Ravens are going to be an interesting team to watch. Yep. Did you have any more thoughts from that game? Um, I, titans rate so look i had a good day of betting on saturday as in i had a i made a parlay of all the playoff games and i hit them all nice. on saturday and then i got what was the payout and what did you pay into it i don't remember but i made a parlay of all the playoff games for the weekend in one parlay wow. and you, so you got six picks yeah wow nice job no i didn't get it right though i made one, oh but is this the one you it. missed I no, I missed all three on Sunday, but the oh. Ravens type. <laughs> well float, then I take back my congratulations. It was the first one I missed okay. and it made me mad. Um but anyway, um it was impressive the Ravens defense, the way they were able to um mm-hmm. stop Derrick Henry. Um forty one yards rushing for the Whew. leading scorer, two thousand yard rusher in the NFL. Um, I thought he'd have 41 yards on his first drive, right. honestly. Like, that's an amazing job by the Ravens. So here's the deal. Like, first of all, I think it's going to help Lamar that he has the whole playoff win monkey yep. off his back. Yep. Um, and the Ravens' offense is good when Lamar is... is, uh, Yeah, when he's playing well, the Ravens play well. Mm-hmm. And if the defense is able to stop uh, Derek Henry... Then I'm so curious to see how this defense plays against. Uh, who are they playing? Um, the Bills, yeah. Uh, yep, the Bills. So you know, yep. I wouldn't say the Bills rushing is necessarily their. Stri- the Bills seem to be fairly, fairly well rounded offensively. Heavy. Yeah. So, but yeah. it'll be interesting. I, 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 I think the Ravens have a, a great chance to beat the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah no so with that let's move into the Bills game so Bills yeah. Colts um, really we, good game we both dislike the Colts largely f- be based on people we know that like the Colts <laughs> <laughs> and it being a team close to us geographically yeah like, yeah but uh, mostly the way you said <laughs> yeah I was I I I the I'm kind of cheering for the Bills um, this for the AFC like they're just a fun team. Uh, they just are. And um, unlike the Browns, they are a team that it. they're, like, a lovable loser, like, more yep. endearing because they've been bad Um, because their fans aren't nearly as annoying. The fans make fun of themselves with the whole Bills exactly. Mafia crashing through tables and everything. I almost feel like if you're – because the Lions are a lot like that too, like, really self-depreciating, make fun of themselves. Like, I feel like you almost – that's the – the attitude that yep. feels like you have to have that. If you're a bad team, like be able to laugh at yourself, The I guess going back to the Browns, they just feel so defensive and like not able to make jokes about themselves or take right. any criticism. And I'm not saying all Browns fans, like there's obviously if you're a Browns fan, you're listening you're saying, Hey, I, I post memes about my team all the time. Like I'm just talking about largely what I see on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, Bill's fans are stupid, but funny. Um, <laughs> I was glad to see them beat the Colts obviously like you said and I hope they beat the Ravens too it would be uh I'd like to see them beat the Chiefs who I think they'll play after the Ravens so yeah um but but yeah so the 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 Bills Colts game was way more it, yeah it was a good game um the one reason I wanted to see the Colts win is just because I think it'd be hilarious if it was like Brady versus Rivers in the Super Bowl <laughs> I tweeted out something, or I put in our group chat something about how it'd be, it'd be a game that would get the uh, the geriatrics oh. going, <laughs> With <laughs> the Raisinets Bowl. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> well, it's gonna be the similar with uh, yeah, Saints, Patriots, or yeah. Saint wow, Saints Patriots. Buccaneers, Saints Buccaneers. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this point, the and then I was hoping the Steelers might win because you could have Roethlisberger could be par- an old quarterback. Yeah. Now the oldest quarterback in the AFC is Tannehill, right? Because Allen, Lamar, and Mahomes are the other three. Well, Tannehill's out. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Wait. wait, wait. Yeah, you're Uh, right. So who is the oldest? They're all like the same age. Baker. Baker is probably the oldest. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) He was like one draft class before the others. And that just goes to show you, if you look at the quarterbacks, in the AFC, and the NFC, that goes to show you where the future of the NFL sits right now. Who in the Who in the NFC? Like your your remaining teams have Breeze, Brady, Rogers, and who is uh and Goff, Goff slash Wolford. I'd say between those four guys, you've got less than four seasons left collectively. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's nah, I wouldn't no, I would no. Goff that. will be in Brady's going to but... play at least a couple more. Rogers will play at least a couple more. Goff but... will be in the league a, a while. As a starter, maybe not, but he'll be in the league a while. I mean, I'd say five years from now, th- at least three of those guys are out of the league. Yeah. So. And yeah. five years from now, theoretically, Baker, Lamar, Mahomes, and Allen the f- could all be the hitting league. their prime. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the power imbalance there is right now between AFC and NFC. I mean, you don't know or who's going to be drafted Alabama or whatever. And everyone else is the same right. as AFC and NFC. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of which, Alabama's inside the 10, about to score again. It's crazy. I'd like them to keep it at 69. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's 45 24 right now. Well, Alabama might get to 69. I want to circle back to this about Bills Colts in a minute, but real quick, um, Mm -hmm. moving on to another game. Did you watch the Washington Tampa game? I fell asleep like right before that game started. That's right. (laughs) So. Uh, passed out was probably more. That game was fun. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was actually hanging out with my brother before he went back to college that night. So I was okay. like kind of in and out of it, but the bits I saw t- watching Taylor Heineke, this no name mm-hmm. AFL quarterback come and sling and not just like play, but like compete against tom brady he went like throw for throw against brady yeah. for a lot of that game it was yeah. impressive <laughs> um, f- straight impre- impressive so the i yep. mean they they pushed the the line pushed they didn't uh the bucks didn't cover and neither did the football team so yeah because i locked that game and it was a push so. <laughs> well yeah. at least you didn't lock the bears like i did anyway that's true um, yeah it's interesting to see what heineke's gonna do next year like if i'm the gm i tell him like look I can't guarantee we're not going to draft a quarterback, but you have a job next year and you're going to compete yeah. for a starting job because, I I, I mean, it's only one game. There's countless stories of quarterbacks having their one amazing game like Matt Flynn yep. and then just being terrible yeah. after that. So, like, you can't guarantee him a starting spot. You know who Matt um, Flynn lost the job to, right? What do you mean, in Seattle or? Yeah. Was it Wilson? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. They went into the Seattle paid Matt Flynn like a record contract, and then they drafted Wilson. And then in the summer camp, Wilson beat out Matt Flynn for quarterback. And the rest is history. (laughs) Matt, like that's the perfect. If if I could be Matt Flynn, like that's like the dream, or like Brock Osweiler, or somebody (laughs) like that, someone who gets a big deal, uh, or. Carson Wentz will probably be the next one um so when he gets a huge contract and then Jared isn't Goff good enough to play deal. anywhere yeah or like Matt Ryan right now like he's probably gonna be replaced at some point but nobody's Alabama gonna... just scored yeah it's crazy so there goes there goes the under <laughs> yep hmm. nice <laughs> nice but yeah um Heineke really good game yeah For all the people who doubted Brady or kind of forgot about him, like, it's been an up and down year, obviously. Obviously, he's not in his prime anymore, and he's never been the kind of quarterback who was successful because he was, like, an athletic freak of nature kind of quarterback. Like, he's not winning games because he's got a top uh, two arm in the league. But he shows, like, through his experience, his leadership. Like, there was a, a time late at that game, as I went back and watched all the highlights, where, like the game's basically over and he's screaming at his tight end or somebody on his team to get in the huddle because the guy's just standing around like not paying attention you know like so his drive to win his leadership um just yeah the way he it's i mean he's obviously not in his prime anymore and it's the way his skin glistens yeah, <laughs> the way his hair flows under his helmet. <laughs> it's it's easy to say and make the comparison that, well, look how bad the Patriots are after he left and how good the Buccaneers are. Like There's a lot more that went into that. He has a lot of good players around him in Tampa. Obviously, like it's not a one-to-one comparison, yeah. but it just does go to show how good he still is, that he can go to the Buccaneers and immediately turn them into one of the top teams in the NFC. Um, exactly. And it's not just him, but the team's built around him. So, a lot of respect to Tom Brady. I would personally, I mean, there's other teams I'd rather see win the Super Bowl, um, but the Buccaneers are one of those teams. I'd much rather see them, obviously, than the Packers or most other teams. Uh, I'd be cool oh, to see Brady sure. get another one with another team. Um, At this so. point, I hope the NFC Championship game is Bucks Packers, and I hope the Bucks do a repeat. Of their game against the Packers earlier this year. Yeah, season. it went pretty well last time. So, um, yeah. So then we have uh, Seattle and the Rams. Holy crap. What was. What a weird game. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, John Wolford is starting. <laughs> like, last yeah. minute announcement, he's starting, and then he gets knocked out of the game. He leaves the stadium in an ambulance. Yeah. Um. Obviously, well, it, hope he's okay, but like. They what said. A weird... They said. Uh, Sean McVay said that he has a, he had a stinger and that he'll be practicing this week. <laughs> what? Well, I don't know. <laughs> a stinger. I don't know. But they were like I remember they were examining like his neck and his jaw on the field. It hope. looked like he, yeah. Wow. Um but then Goff comes in and I mean I, I've never been a Goff fan, but let's be real. No. That's a gutsy like heroic performance from Goff to come it was in with probably a, one of his best games of his career. A yeah. dislocated thumb and yeah on your throwing hand and be able to play. Um, And I mean, obviously the Rams defense is largely why they won that game, Mm -hmm. but man, it's just, it it goes to show you that defensive football can win games still in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that style of winning will ever go away. It's just not the most effective way of winning. You'll, every yeah, year, it so. seems like there's maybe one or two teams that can win that way. Um, and then, so yeah, here in the playoff coming up, we'll have like, I'd say the Rams are like the only team left that are built yeah. that the way. Col- you the see, Colts like, were that way. The Colts were, yeah. Washington was, the Bears were, and yeah. all three made the playoffs but lost in the first round. Yeah. So like, you can still win games like that. I don't know if you can contend for a Super Bowl, but you can win games. And at this point, all we have to hope for is that Aaron Donald is healthy enough to play against the packers mm-hmm. and that aaron Rodgers tears or breaks something yeah as a if you could of end aaron Rodgers' career <laughs> that would be great <laughs> <laughs> for real well no it'll be it, there is i mean it'll be an interesting matchup with bakhtiara being out um maybe the pass rush can cause Rodgers <clears throat> some problems uh, it ultimately though comes down to i just don't know that i trust Goff, and when he's going against the clear far and away best quarterback right now in football um i just don't think there's any way the rams can compete with the packers yep um but, but i mean re- give him credit for beating the seahawks obviously real quick though that the seahawks though is anybody concerned about russell wilson though like yeah i was gonna say he looks like he's broken at this does, point yeah like, and it's i mean his offensive line maybe could be better but he's got talent around him too um I, I don't and get it. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. Um, Chris Carson's not an awful running back. No, you you can. He's a legit starting yeah. running back. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how. I I've heard some people say his footwork looks off. Um, I don't know if he's just because of the pressure he's been facing, it's affecting his play. But I mean, he's been he started off the year with like the first three games getting serious mvp talk to the point where people were saying it's going to be a robbery if he doesn't win the mvp and then he completely falls off the map um yeah i don't know i've been a big russell wilson fan and supporter for a long time me too i like Um, him yeah i just i don't i mean bankruptcy i forget who the quote's by but there's a quote that says like bankruptcy is comes at you slowly and then it comes quickly benjamin franklin i don't know (laughs) sounds right yeah it's just the kind of thing where it's maybe things are been kind of trending this way for a little while and it all catches up to you at once uh i don't know it'll be interesting to see next year what he's able to do but if seattle wants to trade him to the bears i'm i'm right there for it there there you go yeah i mean they still went 12 and 4 this year but yeah not a great end of the season obviously The other big piece of NFL news, this is a little uh, teaser for our FN Hypothetical segment later. We're going to mm-hmm. discuss all the Deshaun Watson drama. So you if you are if you came to this podcast to listen to that, stay tuned because it's going to come a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any updates for us on the national championship? It is now Alabama has 52 points, uh, which I think we knew that, that was after the last score. Uh, 52 to 24. Uh, 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Ohio State just had a false start. It's really funny to look at the scoreboard on the TV and see how Alabama says twelve and zero, and Ohio State is says seven and zero. Seven and zero. It's yeah. crazy. I um, think I can spot the problem. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Frauds. Uh, <laughs> okay, I mean, they did beat Clemson, but still. I have a couple quick Chicago-related notes I want to touch on. Um, yep. And then I know we want to talk a little bit about uh, Michigan. Um, Do we have to? Yes. <laughs> frustration right. nation. Um, <laughs> That's fair. So real quick, uh, the NHL starts this week. Um, I think every single team is playing on Wednesday. Uh, so I'm super excited uh, to just to have another sport to watch, even though the Hawks are going to be really bad this year. Um, I've already updated you that Doc is out and that Taves is out. Um, And we already knew that they had passed on Corey Crawford. They did Mm -hmm. not renew a contract for him. Um, But for Corey Crawford, instead of seeing if he could sign with the team, he has decided to hang up the skates and retire. So um, just a real quick comment on Corey Crawford. Um, A critical, like, frankly, one of the most important players on – the team that won in 13 and 15 he won two cups with them an incredible performance the entire shortened season of 2013 um in that season was the season where the hawks went like almost half of the season without a loss Mm -hmm. they had wins and overtime losses um and -hmm. a lot of that's attributed to great goaltending and he just had gutsy performances through the postseason um in 13 and 15 and he even had a really good performance in the postseason this past season um he's really the only reason the hawks will beat uh beat the go- the golden knights <laughs> at all he yeah he won that series by himself basically well just the game they didn't win the series or but yeah, that's what I mean. they yeah. they lost the series four to one well the te- Ed- who did they beat before edmonton edmonton like, yeah yeah he was huge in that series um so just a shout out to cory crawford like uh, my wife has a, his jersey and i just like i'm happy someone in my family does because he's he's, a, he's he was you know he i think he should be as highly regarded as someone like a lot of the rest of the core like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. hosa keith seabrook probably not on the same level as taves and kane but uh, on the other the other playmakers, I he should be right up there because he was a critical piece. Well, a goalie too is always special because like they're on the ice the whole game. Yep. Uh like when I look back at the Red Wings when they were really good, which seems like forever ago, <laughs> like Osgood will always stand yep. out. Even though there were so many And Howard. Like, Wasn't Howard yeah, really good? Howard was good for a while. Yeah, like, there were so many better players overall, but you always remember your goalies. Yeah. So Yeah. Um do you have any do you have anything about the Wings season starting that are you looking forward to, or not really? No, I mean I'm just looking forward to watching games. I don't have any specific things to expect. I mean I don't expect us to be good or contend for a playoff spot. Yeah. Um. I hope we'll see improvement after last year, where we were like ten games behind the rest of the league before the season was canceled. Um. Yeah. I. It'll be. It's just going to be good to watch games again. Maybe you'll be in a good position to pick fourth again. Right. <laughs> Worst record in hockey. Maybe we can lock up that fifth pick this year. So, <laughs> um, All right. Still upset about that. My other quick Chicago comment was the Bulls have just been fun to watch lately. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to get into them in my silver lining, so I don't want to get too much into it. But just real quickly, the Bulls had a, their West Coast trip. Um, the West Coast trip is always a challenge because mm-hmm. you're playing – you're playing later like a different time zone and especially the way the west is in the nba is just a challenging um a challenging conference to play in and when you have a series of games in a row against them it makes it even harder mm-hmm. um but they played they only won one game on the road trip but they played tremendously well um yeah. they were in a position to win every game they played uh they played the kings and the blaze they played the blazers the kings the lakers and the clippers and every game was like a one possession game or something like it was super close mm-hmm. um and so the bulls are just fun to watch and so I'm thankful for that but my one thought is and here's the deal I I've I don't know if I'd call myself a lebron hater but I'm definitely <laughs> not a lebron supporter and it just it always comes up whenever I think about whenever I'm watching the NBA and especially mm-hmm. when I'm watching a game that LeBron is in and I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but like I, I tweeted it out, but I've had so many tweets since then I'd be taking me a while to find it. But I said something along the lines of like LeBron is obviously one of the greatest players of all time, obviously, but there's just certain things he does sometimes where I'm just like, I don't, I don't, get it like i don't i don't understand what you're doing in that scenario i don't understand like maybe he's the greatest player ever in the nba talent wise but sometimes in terms of like competitiveness or will to win sometimes it just feels like it's not on the same level as jordan and maybe that's what is so appealing about jordan i'm not sure but Mm -hmm. for example lebron There, there were multiple times I'm watching this game, and he has a teammate put up a three or a mid range jumper, and he just immediately starts slowly jogging to the other side of the court the minute his teammate jumps up in the air. LeBron, you're like you're six eight. You should like any good fundamental basketball player should be charging the basket for the rebound. Mm -hmm. And there was that that bugged me, but even more so, there was a play. Uh, I think it was in the second quarter, and I don't remember. But somebody stripped him. Somebody stole the ball from him, and then LeBron subbed himself out at the next whistle stoppage, and it was just like, dude, why, like that? To me, if if that was Jordan who got the ball stripped from him, immediately the next play, Jordan's going after that guy that stripped the ball, and he's mm-hmm. going to humiliate him. Um, but LeBron decides instead to go sub out and sit down. Like it felt like a shameful, like cowardly move. It's just and I know mm-hmm. it's a meaningless regular season game. I know the Bulls aren't good compared to where the Lakers are and the Lakers still won the game. I'm mm-hmm. just saying there there's certain things he did that they just rub me the wrong way. It's like I don't get it. I don't yeah, know I You like LeBron tweet. more than I do, so yeah and i mean i hated him when he was with cleveland just because i don't like ohio teams and he beat us in the playoffs and i i just didn't like him then um i found your tweet you said uh lbj is obviously one of the greatest ever but certain things leave a bad taste in my mouth committing uncalled fouls uh in parentheses you say due to his greatness i get it then complaining about a called travel then subbing out why again Yeah, again, unreal player and talent and overall dude. Just odd sometimes. Um, I do. I think that a couple things. Firstly, obviously for us as more as younger, more modern fans, it's easy to look at LeBron and micro analyze everything he does. With LeBron or with Jordan, you see like the highlights and the documentaries. You know, Um, so I think there's a difference there. But I do agree that there's like a personality difference between the two and. I mean, I think LeBron in a lot of ways is a better person off the court. He like is, he's a good yeah. family guy and uh Jordan was controversial and had issues. Yeah. So it's not that Jordan's a better guy, but some of his qualities as far as um just the way he presents himself uh just comes off as more um maybe passionate or more um I don't know. I mean that's why Kobe was as loved as he was, right? Like he was obviously a talented and good player, but the whole Mamba mentality, um just his the way he portrayed himself and acted, you know, like it, there's just a difference there. So yeah. I do see what you're saying. Yeah. um So yeah. So I all in all, the Bulls have been good, and it's been fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk on that because, and you 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 brought up like our culture of like micro analyzing LeBron, and our def, people definitely do that. But mm-hmm. I am not one of those people. I am at this point like I love. I really do enjoy the NBA, but I'm not like a diehard NBA watcher. I'm not. I'm not somebody that's gonna watch sit down and watch an NBA game that my team isn't playing in, mm-hmm. l- like I do for football. Um, and so when I only analyze LeBron when I'm when he's playing the Bulls, and. Was, that's true it just seemed weird to me like some of those things he was choosing to do so some of his mannerisms and stuff yeah I just kind of i see how that rubs people the wrong and way, i'm not gonna sure. yeah i'm not gonna complain about him getting bs calls because jordan got that the yeah, packers that's just get comes that with, yeah we talked about We've that talked last about week that. yeah but it's more of then he complains when he does get a foul call it's just like dude just anyway yep. um Real, my other really quick note is Marcus Freeman, Cincinnati's defensive coordinator, has now been uh, hired as the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame. Uh, great lo- move. Yeah, a lot of people are very excited about that. You said, yeah. Did you say that sarcastically? No, I, I love that. I mean, I hate Notre Dame, but yeah. that's a great move by Notre Dame. In general, I'm just a fan of when you find a guy who has been extremely successful at a school that recru- recruits – poorly. Yep. Like this guy had a team consistently in the top 10 and they were winning games because of their defense. Yep. Like um but, I mean when Don Brown was hired, it hasn't worked out recently obviously, but I loved the philosophy of getting a guy who he was a guy who was a defensive coordinator at Boston College, a team that has no talent and is able to get them into the rankings because their defense is so dominant. Yep. Like it ended up not working out, and it doesn't always translate. So maybe he's not going to be able to manage better talent. Maybe he's not going to be able to recruit well. But take a guy who has done everything you can ask for him at a school like Cincinnati and just give him a chance at the next level. And, uh, so I love that move for Notre Dame. That's a great hire. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it from what I know about him. The other thing I heard recently is that he apparently – he's like known for being um, – he he's he's like – known for being very intentional in his recruiting. It's like basically Mm. he people have identified a strength of his being his recruiting. And so now that he's at Notre Dame, that not only have they been really good lately, but then also having just the brand of Notre Dame to -hmm. recruit with. Um, Also Notre Dame, even though Ian Book had a really good run, their defense was really strong during Ian Book's time there as well. Yep. So, Notre Dame that has a culture of a strong defense, in theory, when you get a even probably better defensive coordinator than Clark Lee, and mm-hmm. somebody who's known to recruit well at a bigger school, that only bodes well for Notre Dame moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's set up for him to succeed, now it's just up to him if he'll be able to, but you got the right kind of guy to be able to do that. Yep. So, yep. Well, speaking of head coaching um, so then- decisions oh do you have something yeah. else for, before did you, did you have anything on Well, did you want to say anything about michigan basketball at all no or we'll talk because we just did our shoot your shot scorecast picks so you uh if you're listening check out our predictions uh obviously i picked michigan to beat wisconsin coming up uh tomorrow or at time of your time you're listening to this it'll be tonight um yeah they're really good team uh look like they're by far the best team in the Big Ten, especially when you see, like, Illinois just lost the other night, Iowa's lost, Michigan State is having a down year. Like, all these other teams who are at the top of the Big Ten are having rough losses, and it just shows how deep the Big Ten is right now. Uh, But Michigan's the one team that hasn't had that loss yet. And so they're going to lose a game at some point. But they've been by far the best team in the big 10 They're i think they have a really good shot to win the conference and make a deep run in the tournament uh so yeah they've just been exciting to watch and uh i'll have more updates as we get um yeah other games coming up and obviously once we get close to march madness but yeah cool so yeah so michigan football what do you what do you have to say for yourself first what's the news <sighs> so jim harbaugh has been offered or it has accepted, I believe, a five-year extension. Um, so let me just say up front, I mean, that obviously sounds bad. And it is bad. But the the one thing, they have restructured the contract to where now it is more of a year-to-year thing where they can cut ties after a year much more easily under the new contract than they could have. Um, so the, a lot of people are theorizing you do this is something to do with college because recruiting is so key like you can't have a guy who's on a contract year. Like you need at least the appearance of some stability. Um and so there's thought that this is kind of his last run and that with the new contract next year, it'll be a lot easier to get rid of him. Mm. Either way, regardless, I'm sick of okay, this is his last try. Okay, <laughs> this is this is his like crap or get off the pot year. Like you got to get it done this year. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we're going to redo his contract. This is the year he's got to get it done. Like They just keep moving down the line, delaying the inevitable. You keep moving the goalposts. You keep p- kicking the can down the road. I am done. Yep. I am no longer a fan of the Michigan football team. Like and the ultimately Washington football com- team? <laughs> no, the Michigan football team. Um, so ultimately, what this comes down to, which... I was I, I was just furious. Not even furious. I just kind of vented. I'm kind of past the point of being angry, which I told you guys too, like but I just kind of had to get my thoughts out. Like I had already kind of been trending this way. Uh if you listen to our earlier episodes, like for the first time in over a decade, I this season I would not watch Michigan games. Yeah. Uh, so I've kind of been like this has been the way I've been moving, kinda of distancing myself. Um because ultimately and this extension just seems to be the like the cherry on top of the whole thing, Michigan has shown that they don't care that much about winning football games, yep. um that they're okay with mediocrity, they're okay with winning going eight and four eight and five nine and four every year chalking this bad year up to covid and say next year we'll go right back to eight and four like, they just aren't that serious about winning games. Like, that's what it comes down to. And obviously, Ohio State is a tough obstacle to overcome when they're in your same division. Um, but I'm tired of using that excuse. And if Michigan cared that much about overcoming that, you make bigger changes. Like you acknowledge that Ohio State's a tough giant to try to fight every year, but you. Continue to take swings and do what you can to show that you're serious about winning games. And Michigan hasn't done that. It would also be something if they were undefeated every year except for the one loss to Ohio State. Right. But they're every, I mean, at least since I've been following college football, they haven't really had a season where there's just the one loss. No, there was, 2016 was like the one time it was like that. Um, The whole, what's JT short, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was Harbaugh's best season. You know, but even in that season, he lost Ohio State, and then yeah, usually other years there's you throw in a loss to Wisconsin or a loss to Penn State, um, Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State <laughs> this season. Well, this season was just so bad all around. That yeah. it's just So yeah. Um, but you beat Rutgers in four overtimes. I really wish we would have lost that game. Yeah, because I feel like that could have been another nail in the coffin to not bringing him back. It, basically this whole thing's been so mismanaged where and then it ended up where it seemed like Harbaugh was holding the team hostage cuz he was going to go look into some head coaching opportunities in the NFL there's a contract that's been on the table for forever and then finally he decides uh I couldn't find anything better so I'll come back and sign your contract like that's the way it came off right um so for when the team clearly doesn't care why should I yep like that's kind of my like you're one of the best programs in the country. We've talked last week about how um there's like there's levels to this. If I'm a Illinois fan and my team's going 9 and 4, 8 and 8, like I'm not going to complain about that. That's a win for you, you know. But when you're a team that has the pedigree and the history to be a national title contender and you can't even contend for your own division and you can't even show that you're going to make changes to try to do that, that's not good enough for me as a fan um so it's kind of like a hey it's not it's not me it's you we just want different things clearly um so i'm gonna move on um well i am entering the transfer portal (laughs) i am opening my recruiting to different teams well this will be interesting uh interesting turn of events here uh i will say just kind of pull back the curtain for the listeners this is something we Actually talked about a little bit pre-show, mm-hmm. and uh, here here's the deal. This is going to be a, a running, frankly, a segment that we're going to be adding to our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of excited for um, it. Hopefully, starting next week, uh, no guarantees. Hopefully, starting next week, uh, we're going to start running a series on our podcast of different people from that are fans of different college teams from different conferences around the country mm-hmm. to come on the show and they're going to pitch to Shane, um, why he should be a fan of their team, uh, mm-hmm. because he has officially disassociated himself with Michigan football. Um, and so he's still the man of the Michigan hat cause he cheers for Michigan basketball. Yep. Um, but he's disassociated himself with Michigan football. And so our goal is to find him a new home. Um, mm-hmm. So and it's, yeah, it's sad, but you got to do what's best for you, your mental state. Uh, sometimes uh, it's just time to move on. I will say, uh, kind of along with this divorce paperwork, there are some clauses I need to point out. Um, I do have the right to return to my my former love, my first team, uh, if a couple of things happen. One of two things. Jim Harbaugh's fired. Yep. Or we beat Ohio State. Which I should stop saying we. Um, it's not we. Michigan. If if the Michigan Wolverines football <laughs> team located in Ann Arbor, Michigan, if that team is able to beat Ohio State or if they fire Jim Harbaugh, I reserve the right. It doesn't automatically happen. I don't have to get back on board, but I reserve the right to reassess my fandom and maybe get back on board. Okay. So Because I, I was going to ask about this. Like, what if Michigan plays Ohio State, and what if Ohio State, when they play them, has just gone through like a ton of injuries to all their key players, and Michigan beats them? I would say that I would have the right to reassess and get back on board, just because there's no way to quantify like what's the rule for whether right. it counts or not, but I will take that into consideration when making my decision. Also, obviously, I don't wish this on him, but like, what if Harbaugh like, tragically died? Hmm. Before he could get at, fired. When Michigan <laughs> has a new head coach. Okay. okay. <laughs> if he dies, I'm just in purgatory forever. I can never <laughs> go back because <laughs> the clause didn't specify. Oh, man. No, if at any point Michigan has a new head coach besides Jim Harbaugh or they beat Ohio State, I have the possibility, and I will uh hear on the show probably, whenever one of those two things happens, I'll weigh the pros and cons and I'll make a decision. Question: Did did uh, did did Michigan get rid of Don Brown yet, or no? Yeah, they did. Okay, I don't know about Gaddis, their their offensive coordinator. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't follow them that closely anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually changed my Twitter bio. I uh, saw that. I like it a lot. I yeah. have unfollowed a few fan pages. Like, I'm actually I'm trying to distance myself from the team. Like, why would I follow a team I'm not a fan of, you yep. know? So I don't want to clutter up the timeline. I want to leave lots of space for my new team that I will be supporting. Once um, it's determined. Yeah, once it's been announced. Yep. So. I I am going to have to work through some emotional things as far as like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get as excited about this new team as I was about a team I've grown up supporting. Um, Who knows? But that's a decision that, that's something we'll have to find out once a decision's been made. So I'm excited for this new chapter in my life. So here's a unique opportunity for you, the listener. If you are a fan of another college football team, and can present an argument to the man in the Michigan hat uh, mm-hmm. for why he should join your fandom. Please send me an email at frustrationnation at shootyourshotsports.com or tweet at us at Michigan Hat at George 94 or at Real FN Podcast. Our DMs are open, um, and we would love to have you on the show if you can present a, uh, you know, a, a pitch to shane to get him to change his fandom so yep and just to know me better a few things to consider i i do like teams with cool traditions coming uh from a team that had some traditions that they had abandoned it'd be kind of cool to like a team that has some traditions of their own um yeah i mean cool cool team names are a plus i don't it doesn't need to be like a playoff contending team you know as somebody who used to support a football team that had no chance to make the playoffs i'm willing to do that uh as long as you have like a goal and a direction that is just overall more positive you know like um yeah expectations can be adjusted i am wide open to suggestions awesome well with that uh we have some segments to get to but before we do let's get into a quick break Hey, listeners, before we get into our segments, it's time for me to tell you about PointsBet, our sponsor. Uh, it's the fastest growing online bookmaker in America. It's a full traditional sports book and it offers customer more markets and rewards than anyone else. I've been placing bets uh, for a few weeks now on PointsBet, and I really like it a lot, um, even though my wildcard weekend did not turn out very well for me, but... <laughs> um, So I would love for you guys to sign up and play along with us, especially if you are a fan of our other show, the Shoot Your Shot Scorecast. Uh, To sign up, go download the PointsBet app from the iOS App Store or www.PointsBet.com. When you sign up, be sure to enter our promo code FRUSTRATE, that's F-R-U-S-T-R-A-T-E, and PointsBet will match you up to a $250 on your first deposit. It's a tiered deposit bonus, so if you deposit $50, you bet with $150. One, uh, you bet with one, sorry, if you deposit 150 you bet $300, $250, $500, you get the gist. So please go sign up, bet with us, play with us. Uh, if you know what I mean, you must be 21 or older. Uh, Voidware prohibited. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. What's so funny? Nothing, nothing. You don't want our fans to play with us? <laughs> that costs extra. That's why they have to All be right. 21 or older. Oh, okay. That yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Carry th- on then. In some states, it's 18 or older, I think. Gross. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, l- because I am one, let's get into UF an idiot. <laughs> All right, we'll start with yours then. Okay, uh, so for mine, I I originally had written Javon Williams and Anthony Miller, but I kind of talked about them a lot earlier with mm-hmm. them and the whole C J Gardner Minshew. Uh, Minshew. What Gardner Minshew? <laughs> <laughs> C J Gardner Minshew. <laughs> oh, that's that's like a first name last. Yeah, yeah. that's like that's a good segment idea. <laughs> C-, C J Gardner Johnson. Um, anyway, uh, but I've. Ch- In the middle of our show, I kind of changed my mind the way I want to go here. So Mm I am calling out all Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers to get their heads out of their butts and to watch their mouths, okay, because you have, first of all, there's Antonio Brown. That's a whole thing in and of itself, okay? Uh, But even if you take him out of the equation, you have Juju Smith running his mouth about, oh, the Browns, it's the same Browns every year, gray faces and whatever, just Mm -hmm. giving the Browns as much fuel and bulletin board material as he possibly can to help them win this game. And not only do they win, but they win in, like, spectacular fashion over you. And then today, just one day after an embarrassing loss – Chase Claypool, who I love from Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. um, comes out and says the Browns are going to get clapped next week, so it's all good. (laughs) And what's so funny? Like I agree with him, but he's just not the guy who should be saying that. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Nobody from the Steelers should be talking. You were eleven and zero, and then. Did they drop three of their last four games? I that believe w- so, or yeah. something like that, including losses to Washington. The do they lose to the Bengals? No. I yeah. So. Did they Ryan Finley? Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Um, just not not good. <laughs> um, so anyway, wide receivers that play or have played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, some excluded from that. You are my effing idiot for this week. Yeah, I like that. Mine's closely related, but before I get into that, quick update. Alabama wins the national title, 52-24. to 24. Who saw it coming? Uh, yeah, just like we all expected. Yep. Well, yeah, from one fraud to another, I'll continue to talk about the Steelers. Um, <laughs> uh, and really, it's just for the whole team and more so... Okay, look, I love Tomlin. I, I You wonder... You, I've seen some things... As far as rumors or speculation, like maybe he's out in Pittsburgh, I I don't think so. There's um, no way. He's one of the... I'd say he's probably the best coach in football at this point. Really? Um, I, uh, at least going into the season, I would have put him number one overall. He's definitely a top five coach, no matter who you ask. That's true. Um, I agree with that. And if he were to leave the Steelers, I would love to see him coach the Lions. Like He's a great coach. Um, but... I don't know if it was his decision more or GM or whatever, but the decision to rest all your starters in week 17, which I get the logic behind it. But by resting your starters in week 17, you give the the Browns a win and basically a free pass to then come face you in the playoffs. Um, this Steelers team has a lot of issues and would have had these same struggles against a lot of teams. But if you're a Steelers fan or player or coach, you would much rather face a team uh like who who was snubbed like the Dolphins like you I don't know if they would have faced the Dolphins then or they would have faced the Colts or how that would have worked but if you're if I'm the Steelers I would much rather face the Colts or the Dolphins than the Browns um because firstly the Browns now have and board material against you they're already a rival team um out of those three teams I've mentioned they probably have the most weapons on offense um like it's basically by resting your starters and then allowing that same team you gave a free pass to the playoffs to come and then beat you in the playoffs uh I mean it's easy to say in hindsight but f an idiot is for whoever the decision makers were to rest their starters anyway like it's always well, a tough decision I get the logic behind it whether or not you let that lets the browns in the playoffs anyway when you have a team that's been struggling uh probably not great to go into the playoffs without establishing some kind of rhythm and identity back on offense. You know, like, resting your starters at that point just didn't seem like it was a great move. Yeah. So that is actually exactly what happened in 2010. The Bears, in Week 17, rested all their starters against the Packers. Yep. And then in the NFC Championship game, and if, if the Packers lost that game, they would have been out of the playoffs. So they sneak into the playoffs, last wild card spot, I think, mm-hmm. or something like that. In the NFC Championship game, it's Bears-Packers, it's Soldier Field, and that's the game Cutler gets injured, Caleb Haney comes in, B.J. Raji picks six, um, Packers win, I think it was 21-14. to 14. Um, mm-hmm. But they... The team you let squeak in because you rested starters beat you. And worst of all, they go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, same scenario there. Hmm. Oh. All right. Let's keep on trucking here uh, to some FN hypotheticals. I really like these questions this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually heard this. This was something people were discussing um, on a Bulls broadcast Um So I really liked it and wanted to bring it to our show. What is the best sound in sports? Mm. So on the Bulls broadcast, Stacey King, the color analyst, was talking about how as a kid he loved the sound of the chains of a a park basketball hoop. When you'd Mm. make a switch to the basket, the little metal clink that the chains would sound. So what are you you thinking? What's the best sound in sports? (sighs) I mean, the stereotypical first one I thought of is the crack of the bat because that's yeah. even an expression that's used. Pop um, them when mic. it, yeah. yeah, when it comes to like baseballs right around the corner. Um, I don't know. I really like the sound of ice skates, mm. like when you're, especially when you're there in person. Yeah, like for basketball, the shoes squeaking is not a great sound, yeah. but for hockey, hearing the skates is a cool sound. Yep. Uh, so that's another one I thought of. I do like the chain link basketball one. That's a good idea. Very I think a, just a swish in general is a good yeah. sound. Yeah. Where it, the one you hit it just right, where it sounds like you like ripped the net. Yeah. 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 Those are good ones. Probably the best sound, though, is the sound of uh, Aaron Rodgers' collarbone shattering when yep. he sacked. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Yep. Or the sound about of you? David Bakhtiari grabbing his ACL, his, yep. his leg. Yep. Yeah. All um, classic sports. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, for me, um, You know, maybe it's just because sports are often played like by regular people in warm weather. But I thought of I thought of baseball, uh, the crack of the bat. Honestly, baseball is very sensory for me. Like when I think of baseball, Mm, mm -hmm. I think not only of sounds I hear, but smells and things that I taste at baseball games. So sunflower seeds, yeah, peanut, yeah, yeah, hot dog you know a, be- a cheap beer like all that stuff yep. um the and for the cu- for the cubs when i'm at Wrigley like the the smell of like or like the feel of like the the breeze coming off Lake Michigan you know mm-hmm. stuff like that those plastic seats or bleachers or whatever you sit in oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> so i thought of that but one that I, I think is honestly really hard to compete with that i think is just a really good one is when the ball when a golf ball drops to the bottom of the cup the plink yeah like yep yeah that's a good one that's a really good one the that's whole process of when you hit the when you hit it with your putter and then there's that pause where there's no sound because it's rolling on the grass and then uh-huh. it drops in the kind of rattles yep <laughs> plink plink, plink. yeah <laughs> it's a really good one um it's a good one so yeah i like all of those uh i agree with you on ice skates i like that a lot Mm -hmm. um i really i think the swish of a basketball net is a really great sound yep um and yeah for baseball season man honestly the crack of the bat is a cool sound the sound of the the pop of the mitt when you watch players like warm like pitchers and catchers warm up at spring training and you just Mm. hear the the pop of the mitt you're like yes yeah like that we're almost there you know i Um, agree with you baseball is by far the most sensory one as far as associations with the sport and a lot of my answers too change on like whether you're playing the sport or at the game like with baseball like yeah hearing the crack of the bat is awesome but nothing's better than hearing the crack of the bat when you hit it and you know it's a and you know it's gone like that's amazing and then uh like with the basketball net like the swish where it just yeah you like snap the net as it goes down like it's cool if you're watching a game or whatever but if you shoot a shot and you know right away it's in and you just hear the net snap like amazing so a lot of it changes whether you're playing or watching you know and then i would just add to just like in general like the crowd cheering Mm -hmm. is always a a great sound from sports too um we won't hear that again for a while yeah (laughs) the pumped in sound fake sound effects i don't like that one as much but the one that the one that I don't like is the sound of the double doink. Mm, yeah, I it's, think most other NFL fans find that funny. It is funny. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's objectively funny. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, it's iconic too. Dude, I'm waiting for the Browns to get ousted from the playoffs from by Cody Parkey. Like I really hope that the game against the Chiefs is super close, and that the Browns lose. Because of Cody Parkey doinking, just it. imagine, yeah, last kick like a walk off kick, one play left in the game, off the upright. Yep. Twitter would explode. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, or that or even if it meant, even if it meant the Browns making the Super Bowl, and just for that to happen in the Super yeah, Bowl, yeah, <laughs> it'd be amazing. <laughs> um, well, I do. I mean, this. I don't think the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. So at some point they're going to lose yeah uh so i just hope it's in the most spectacular and cody Park way involved. possible yeah. right <laughs> all right oh, um the next question is and this could be this will be really interesting where should deshaun watson go so for anyone that doesn't know there's a lot of speculation that deshaun watson is upset with the te- houston texans the direction they decided to go mm-hmm. with gm and um they said they wanted his input they took his input and then they shoved it where the sun don't shine and they hired (laughs) someone else anyway (laughs) uh, which is a great way to piss off your franchise quarterback possibly one of the most talented quarterbacks in the nfl um or not possible definitely one of the most talented in the nfl right um so possibly one of the best but definitely one of the most talented yeah so now there's talk that he wants out um who should he be traded to he has a no trade clause so he can say no to any team. The one I've heard that's really interesting to me just cuz you don't think of it as one that needs a quarterback as much as the Dolphins. I've seen a lot of potential packages. That's the most packages. likely one at this point. Yeah, at this point it's the most likely and it's where they move to a to Houston along with picks and cap or however that works. Um which that's interesting like you whenever you think of a free market or a free agent quarterback you usually don't think of him being swapped for another quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so that would be interesting. Another thing I'll say is as we're coming through hypotheticals at least me personally I don't have a great understanding of cap situations for a lot of these me teams. Either. Like I know a lot of people talk about him to the Bears but as far as I know the Bears don't have a lot of extra money. Here's um, what I know about the cap. The so. cap is a thing but basically any any contract that you give players that are that go against your cap you can technically restructure it mm-hmm. and take away however much money you want from their cap and make it as a quote-unquote signing bonus or a bonus for that year or whatever and then yeah. it's not go then it doesn't go against your cap so basically the cap yeah. exists but it doesn't really limit anybody necessarily it's almost more something just you have to <laughs> Leave it up to the team to make it work at yeah. some point, but it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you'll hear a lot of guys talk about, well, they can't do this because of the cap, or even like, yeah, the Eagles. It's gonna be hard for them to trade wins because of his cap hit and all that. Like, there's times when it's definitely a factor, but like, oh, you oh no, I don't know. it is a factor. But, but I don't it doesn't know. Doesn't have stops to stop it. I think. From, yeah, that's a good point. Um. So I he, mean, then the Bears would be an interesting option. Um. Here's my thoughts. He's not gonna go to the Bears because. He no, tweeted, he, won't. he tweeted about in the summer about how the Bears are a racist organization who, intent, yep. because he's black, chose not to interview him, which isn't true because Pat Mahomes is half black and they interviewed Pat Mahomes. But that's but, a perception he clearly has. And when yes. he has the, the no trade clause, it's up to him. Plus, that is a perception that others have stated before. So, yes. Yeah. And like you George said, Hallis had some racist things happen during his time as Bears coach. Um, which mean, is true of basically any old white gm honestly not that it's okay but yeah. yeah but i don't think it's a systemic problem with the bears necessarily yeah but i agree i think he wouldn't go there Where uh, patriots is interesting the patriots are interesting i i don't think many people would be happy about that no I, like i never hated the patriots but i'm still ready for them to have a break from <laughs> being talked it'd about just be time. nice to see other teams yeah here's the team that i think like man, they would be like perennially the I best team in say. the nfc and oh that, the nfc that's the 49ers yeah if you yeah, went to right. if you went to the 49ers with the kyle shanahan offense and if the niners sent garoppolo and whoever else to houston you would yep. have that niners <sighs> defense with deshaun watson leading your offense with the kyle shanahan offense yeah. Man. What did you think well, I was, was going to say? I thought you were going to say similar situation. I thought you were going to say the Colts, which I would hate. A lot of people um, said that too. Yeah. But that's what you think of when you think of where he's going to go, is, which probably means he's not going to go there. He's going to go to a really bad team who, doesn't, who has lots of other needs because it seems like that's kind of how it works out. But really the teams that would benefit the most from him are teams that – kind of like the bears have a lot of strengths in other's positions yeah. have solid defenses and just need that difference making quarterback to put them over the top. Um I think if he goes to the Colts or the Niners the Bron- they both become immediately contenders next season. The Broncos are an, an interesting option as well just cuz they have a defensive minded head coach. They have yeah. a good they have a good defense but they they've needed a quarterback since Peyton Manning. Yeah. Um and he's still well, young enough I feel like they still have a lot of other needs, but you could get him, and then for the next season, maybe put some other pieces around him. Oh, for sure. Um, and then maybe in the next couple of years, I be mean, if, a good spot. if you get Watson, everything you were planning to do changes because now, yeah. you, now you have a window. To yeah, win now, now it's win now. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, let's move Come on. on. Um, which sport would you be most likely to play without protection? Oh my. Uh, protection this is tough because like it is are we talking pro sports like am i a professional athlete playing without protection or am i just like playing like with my peers let's just say like you're in a league of people your age that are like the same as you just to make it realistic and also are they using all the gear and protection or no presumably they're they're wearing protection but you're so then definitely not hockey or football like Really I mean, basketball, what do you wear anyway? I don't think they do. I mean you couldn't have a mouth. A headband. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I so, so no glove in baseball? Is that what that means? I was that's thinking, a protective device. I, I was thinking more of a cup. Ooh. Um I don't so here's here's the thing. <laughs> I I know I'm not the only person I I'm sure I'm not the only host of this podcast that went to baseball practice without my cup on did i think i told you that story i think on the podcast where i was i didn't think i was going to be catching i thought i was gonna be playing first base (laughs) i was like i don't really need one as much and they were like hey we need you to fill in as catcher and i took a one hop fastball right in the undercarriage and i i I blacked out. I rolled over like in the dirt. I rolled over several oh, times. I man. just remember I blacked out, came to, blacked out again, and then I just remember thinking, "I am gonna have to go to the hospital." <laughs> and so I like <laughs> dragged my way to the dugout and just I sat there the rest of the like the rest of that day, and oh, it was yeah. Well, you still First, had, you still had two kids. So. I know <laughs> they're a little off, so I can kind of attribute <laughs> it to that. Yeah, but no, that was one of those moments where, yeah, oh, man. You, you don't make that mistake twice. Yeah, so that that's the thing is like I I've I don't have a personal horror story with not wearing a cup, <laughs> but I've heard between yours and another one that I'm aware of, I just like mm. it concerns me. But when it comes to the wearing pads in hockey or football or wearing a cup in baseball i'm gonna i'm frankly probably gonna take my chances with baseball because i would too yeah. like if if another padded player is hitting me in football they're not gonna feel a thing and i'm gonna feel all the pain and same with hockey but even worse in hockey if you get hit by the puck that's my fear yeah that's the worst one take a slap shot right at the face yep well, I mean, that can still happen if you don't wear the little visor. Which I don't get how there's players who don't do that. Or even just wear, like, the half shield. Like, if I played in the NHL, I'd be wearing a full face shield. <laughs> yeah. Like the college players? Yeah, like th- with the cage. You know the only reason the college players wear it is probably for lawsuit purposes. <laughs> so they don't sue the yeah, school. Yeah, because they're student athletes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's a good point. Um, yeah, It's crazy. Alright, our last one is... If you are a professional basketball player, mm-hmm. how would you put the tip in? Hmm. Because after all, basketball is a rim job. That's a good point. How would I put the tip in? Yeah. Hmm. I would I do mean, it real gently. Gently, yeah, it's probably something you ease into, right? I mean, you can't go straight to being one of the best tip in and like, but but you need to be confident. You need to be assertive. Yeah, like your drive to the hole needs to be strong. Um. How do you put the mm. tip in? It's a good question. Huh. Something to think about. Yeah, definitely. Um some people may prefer to tip it in off the backboard. Um mm. start in the backboard and work the angles a little differently. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's um, true. So uh that that's always an option. Um, well, even like we watched the Thirty for Thirty, the Last Dance, like Rodman was an expert at putting the tip in. Like yeah. he always knew where his balls were going, and like yep. nobody was better at putting the tip in than Rodman yep. was. So yeah. some, and there's there are some people who like to get other teammates involved with putting mm. the tip in uh, mm-hmm. and getting it into the into the hole. So nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you could have. 2 3 heck maybe even four teammates all Whoa. put their tip in uh to the basket so wow yeah. that's teamwork that is teamwork <laughs> so and listeners there's <laughs> i don't even know if there's a double meaning to anything we're talking about i'm just having straight up basketball talk right now i don't get it what do you mean i we're talking about yeah like a center in the paint right what yeah yeah, yeah. center i don't double. even know her what does that even mean i don't know but it's provocative (laughs) it gets the people going (laughs) good question yeah Yeah, very yeah all right well we're at that part of the show where we close things up unlike (laughs) so we're gonna open it up to questions (laughs) no no questions it's time for the silver line oh yeah there you go Okay, so my silver lining this week is, we talked about this a little bit ago, um, and, I mean, we talk, we've we talked about on the we show here We actually just before. talked about it with the tip in. <laughs> That's my silver lining. No, you, you, you wrote on our notes doing cardio. Oh, yeah. That's why I said It is. It's a good workout, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of so back I mean, and forth in, in yeah, basketball. So. For sure. yeah, Burning a lot of calories. Yeah. Um, so I talked about, I mean, I've talked before on here. And then back when we had dad bod central, our other show, um, we talked a lot about workout routines and stuff. So like i said, I've, I go to the gym a lot and it's, I mean, I enjoy it. I do it regularly, but I've always struggled with doing cardio consistently. Um, so I've been starting to work that into my routine more and yeah, I mean, I just, I've been glad I've been doing that. I feel a lot better. Uh, it's something you've done way more consistently than i have so i mean you know that right like just the it's um, taken me a long time to get to a point where i'm like comfortable slash enjoy doing cardio yeah like once you get and i still have a ways to go before i get in that kind of routine but like once you get in a routine uh to where you kind of know what your pace is you can kind of judge your improvement and you you don't feel like you're just about to die the whole time, you know yeah yep. um, so that's my trying to kind of get into that spot um so yeah, feel good. It's actually funny i i ran I worked out this morning and i I ran a mile to start uh-huh. i usually what I do is I run a mile to warm up and then I'll go lift mm-hmm. um, but every now and then and this morning was one of those times I'm running a mile, and like I get to like three quarters of a mile or whatever. And I just remember back to like old Kyle being like, man, I would have yeah. been like dying at this point, like begging for this treadmill to stop. Like, yeah. uh, and here I am going like, I don't need to slow down, but I'm going to slow down just because for sake of time, I need to get going to work yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's crazy. Like there's. Been plenty of times in my life, and even now I'm just barely past this. Where it's like I'll be in good shape as far as lifting weights; like I can lift a lot of weight and I do well in my exercises. But if I have to run, like actually go at a faster than a jog pace on a treadmill, like ten seconds, and I'm having to like reduce the speed. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's just like I'm that far because it's a whole different kind of shape to be in. You know, I don't know how the treadmills are at your gym, but I mean, most treadmills have it where it's you know. Like, you know, 3.1, 3.2, 3.4. Right. And I, I'm somebody <laughs> that likes to have, like, the round number. So I yep. try to either go at, like, you know, if I'm if I'm going to go, you know, with, like, 4.0 or 4.5 or whatever. So yeah, I started out with a slower jog, and I was going 4.5. And I was doing that for a while just to kind of get into rhythm. And so lately I've been going up to 5. Uh, mm-hmm. It was kind of hard at first, but I'm at a point now where it's pretty much normal to me and basically Mm. i keep trying to work it up by those little five point increments and it's a good way to track your progression you know like that's the cool thing about cardio it's the same with weights obviously you up the weight by five pounds or whatever like it works the same for everything yeah i've been doing Um, it with the weights too yeah but cardio is just fun you'd be like wow i remember when that was a stretch and now i'm going yeah one minute less on my mile time or whatever you know um so i've been enjoying it yeah good well, I've been enjoying, and I alluded to this earlier. I've been enjoying the Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're not going to win anything this year. Um, they may not even make the playoffs. Their best, their most realistic shot probably is to make the um, the ninth seed, uh, mm-hmm. or ninth and tenth seed, and be qualified for the little play in playoff game that they are having for the first time this year. Take advantage um, of the extra spot, like the Bears were able to. Yeah, right, um, yeah. but look. They're, they're clearly a better team. Clearly, Billy Donovan has improved the culture to such a point that you're finally seeing players play loose and play to more to what you expected from their talent, like um, Levine especially. Yeah, yeah. And Kobe White's Kobe been really White adjusting too. well yeah. as a point guard. Yep. um I think it's it's clear to me that, and I think it's clear to most people that the Bulls are still very far away from. A, championship contention because mm. you need at least one top five guy and probably the second guy that's top 10 top 12 um, to really get you to where you need to be to be in title contention um, and we'll have to see if the Bulls can make those jumps in um, the off offseason uh, a lot of people are saying that the Bulls Patrick Williams is going to be a star uh, including Mm -hmm. LeBron James himself I know I criticized him earlier but um, I mean when he says that you know it carries a lot of weight Uh, there's been experts saying that they think the Bulls got the best player in the draft Um, so a lot of Mm -hmm. things with that are just there's a lot of just encouraging positive buzz around the Bulls right now and it hasn't been there since the D Rose era so it's really nice to for me to be able to sit down and enjoy watching bulls basketball uh because the past few years i would tune in and usually by halftime i'd be like yeah i'm ready to go do something else because it would just right. be so bad so yeah for sure progress well do you want to close this out for sure uh, that's what we're frustrated about today. What about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real Fn Podcast on social media or frustration nation at shootyourshotsports.com. Go voice your frustrations or and leave us a review. Also follow each of us on Twitter at Michigan Hat and at FuriousGeorge ninety four. If you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday and It's just every Tuesday now, right? We have the Shoot Your Shot scorecast, but just every Tuesday. Um, Everywhere you can get podcasts, and be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do, or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting the show on Patreon for a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for a one-time donation. Every little bit helps. Even $1, which is the same amount of Nickelodeon valuable player trophies Mitch Trubisky has. Congratulations makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate. Now, I know you can't record without your magic stick, Mm. (laughs) get it up here (laughs) flop can you i should start asking can you get it up instead of did you get it up i'm not that old (laughs) can you you still get it up there's a pill for that (laughs) this episode is brought to you by blue chew yeah (laughs) now you can just chew it and do it yeah it is a good slogan